Well, good morning, church. It's great to be back after time of R&R. I wonder if we can try and sort that banging out. Is it the battery going? Can I take another mic and then... One, two. Okay, we can sort that out so long. Uh, that's better. Great. Oh, well, uh, compliments of the season to you all. Thanks to the, the pastors and over the last few weeks. I've been tuning into the internet. Internet's a great tool to hear what's being preached in the church. So we've been listening in and thoroughly enjoying the messages that have gone out over the last few weeks. But it's really with a sense of joy and excitement that we come back and fellowship with our friends again this morning. Just a couple of things I know. Uh, I thought, and what do you say at the beginning of a new year? You know, the fact that the school started a, a week early and we all had to get back a week earlier, all of those who go with the school holidays. But, but what, do, what do we say at the beginning of a year? There's so many things happening, so many encouragements, so many challenges we can bring. And I know just a well done to all of you who've lost a lot of pounds in the first few weeks of this holiday, of this year. And sorry for us who've picked those up. So... Now that I've offended a whole lot of people, and uh, looking ahead to this year, there, there are two important things for us as believers. The first one is identity, and the second one is purpose. And I think we've spent a good amount of time uh, discussing around the subject of identity. By now we should know who our identity is with, that we secure in who we are in Christ. His righteousness, His position. That our identity is, is secure and our identity is unchallenged. We know that there's nothing that we can do to impress or perform for God to earn what He has freely given us. But that kind of brings a lot of uh, questions to the surface. And I was just chatting with a friend of mine in the course of the week and he, and he made a very interesting statement. He said, he said it like this. All my Christian life I've been trying to do things to show that I'm a good Christian. He says, now I'm starting to understand that Jesus already performed everything I need to be a good Christian. It's the only way I can be a Christian in the true sense of the word. But where does that leave me? Because my whole Christian life has been trying to be something, and if I'm that now, I'm all dressed up and no place to go. It was a very good question, very good insight. And it got me thinking, and and, and the answer to that is very simply that our, our identity is our sonship. Our identity is who we are in Christ. Our purpose is something completely different. And if in, in our identity it's we sons, not servants. You know, if, if, if you're late for, to come to a meal with a friend, they don't say to you, you've disobeyed me. That's how you talk to a, a servant. But to a friend you say, well, I'm a bit disappointed. So we know that we can disappoint God, but we're not slaves in the sense of, yes, we do obey as friends. We've been elevated to a new identity in Christ. We have a new position. We are friends. We're sons, no longer slaves, no longer trying to earn. But how does that translate into 
my purpose. So thank you for answering that question this morning. And I, I've really thought about this and come back with a New Year statement that I'd like to unpack over the next few weeks. I'm not preaching this morning. I'm just telling the truth now. Someone else will preach later. But I've come with a New Year statement that I'd hope to unpack and to develop over the next few weeks as we take a journey together. And it's simply this. Dreaming again in 2010. Dreaming again. I think for a lot of us, we've had dreams in our life. And some of those dreams have been fulfilled. Some of us have never known what it is to have a dream in our life. And I think the best place to start dreaming is when we've got our identity secure. Because then we're not performing. We're not, try, we're not moving from a position of, am I good enough? Do I deserve it? Because we've dealt with that. We need to live in our identity in Christ as living in the full grace of God. But then we need to be saying, what is the dream of my life? What is the dream of my heart? And I think there were three things for me about dreams. The one was people who've achieved their dreams. And that can be a dangerous place. If your dream was your business or to get married and have children. Because when you have achieved it and arrived at it, then what? Where do we go from here? And that can be quite a dangerous place in life where you go into kind of a, a, just a, a humdrum of existence. Get up, process food, take in oxygen, Monday to Friday, rest on the weekends, maybe get a boat. And that, all that happens is, is you begin to exist. Navel-gazing community. Where the, other people maybe had a dream, but it's, it hasn't been fulfilled and they've, they've lost it. And they've been disappointed. Maybe you've never had a dream in your life. This is a good time. And as we go into this new year, we want to get in touch with what's God's dream for your life and for our lives. Let me ask you, when last did you ask God for a big dream for your life? When last did you ask God and say, God, what is that desire, that vision, that purpose, that dream in me, that's bigger than me, for my life, for my family's life, for the, my church's existence, for my community. Surely you didn't put me here on earth at this time, at this place, just by chance. You know that you're not here by chance today. You're not on, in Durban by chance at this time. You're not in this country. We're alive today. God has predicted the times and the exact places where we would live. Dreaming again in 2010. Where do dreams come from? Because you see, the danger when you get onto this topic is people can misinterpret that as just having a lot of pizza before they go to bed at night and getting all kinds of visions of grandeur and visions of, of self-importance and how to elevate my own insecurities and sense of insignificance. That's not the kind of dream we're talking about. We're talking about the dream that God downloads to us as we commune in His, preg- in His presence. It's almost like we become pregnant with something that's bigger than ourselves, that's from Him. Because, as someone said, desire, all desire has a father. All desire has a father. And if we are communing with a television set all the time, where will our desires come from? What's projected, what we should be, what we should have, what we should look like. 
But if we're communing with God through worship and intimacy with Him, what are we being impregnated with? His desires, His dreams, His visions, His thoughts. We're not just robots that are going to wake up one day and have this dream in our life. It's going to come as a result of the one that we commune with, the one we fellowship with. We often misquote Proverbs 13.12 which says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you heard that before? Often quote that, hope deferred. In other words, if you long for something and it hasn't come to pass, it makes the heart weary. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But you know that that verse continues and says, But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And as we begin to commune with God this year, out of worship, out of intimacy with Him, something's going to be born in us. So, a, a dream of, uh, from God. And, and, and as I thought about purpose, as I thought of moving from our identity and, and holding on to our identity, never trying to perform for our identity again, but being secure in our identity, are you asking God for a big dream this year? Because according to your faith, what you want from Him as we commune with Him, as we get with Him, that it's not just about self-realization. It's not just about visions of grandeur, but it's about, God, let your kingdom come and break into my world. You know, you're not a stay-at-home mother by chance. You're not a teacher by chance. You're not a director of that company by chance. Right now in your area of influence, it's almost like people are waiting on the other side of your dream. What is your dream for your workplace right now? What is your dream for your office? What is your dream for this year that is bigger than yourself, but isn't just kind of pulled out of a lack of significance, but pulled out of the presence, out of intimacy, out of fellowship, and as we worship God, something begins, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I really want to, ask you, as, as we partner together this year, that together we're going to say, God, in our area of influence, where you've put us, what, what is the dream that I need to be dreaming that comes from your heart? What am I going to believe that, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth? How would, what is that blank canvas that you have been given in your home, in your community, in your job, in your personal life. What is that going to look like when you begin by faith stepping out and allowing that to become a target for the kingdom of God to invade your world, your work, your home? What is, are you ready to dream this year in God? And so out of that communing with Him, I'm going to be impregnated with, with His vision, with His ideas, with His Dreams. It's not just me coming along to church and getting behind that vision, but this is a vision that God has given us for our local church. What is your part? What, how are you going to paint on the blank canvas that's before you for 2010? Because, you know, the danger is we come into a new year and we try and reproduce the pasture. We feel all the stress of the pasture. We feel all the tiredness. We think, do I really have to start at January and work all the way up to December? It's exhausting. My friend, that canvas has been taken and put in God's presence. You have got a brand new blank canvas right now that you're facing with 2010. Are you ready to dream again? 
where your dreams have become still, where your dreams have got tarnished, maybe where dreams have been fulfilled, and now you say, what from here? What are the dreams and visions of our heart that are going to make purpose spring into life like a tree of life? Over the next few weeks, over the next few months, I'm hoping by the Spirit of God that we can unpack some of this. That together we can answer that question. That you dare to ask God for a big dream in your life. That will be the magnifying glass through which the kingdom can invade your area of influence. Your sphere of responsibility. What is that that he wants to dream? And because this is going to be a journey, I'm aware that it's going to take more than a few Sundays. It's going to take daily coaching one another, interacting as iron sharpens iron, asking the question, are you dreaming again for 2010? And, and to help that process, yes, we will preach along lines of stirring up faith for that, but it's a daily journey. And I thought one of the tools we have at our disposal is the internet in, uh, what do they call them, blogs and Twitters and all those in my day and age, when I was at school, you never called someone a twit. But now everyone's twitting. So, so I've asked for a couple of clipboards just to go around. That, that if you'd like to be just part of a, a communication around this topic of, of dreaming a dream, believing God for, for, for the, that part that He has for you, that, that if, if you want some communication to come and just different people's ideas and thoughts around this topic, that... That, that clipboard comes past you that you just give us your correct email so that we can be in communication. Uh, we, we have your email if you received the Christmas letter that I sent out. Anybody received that letter end of last year? A couple of folks. If you didn't, then you know you haven't, we don't have your correct email address. But if you did receive it, let me just, while I'm on the topic of, of communicating and sending out letters, I, 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 don't, um, I, I send it out as a bulk email. But it's so encouraging from time to time I get back a few line response from people. And I don't just treat them as just like a bulk email. I'm very encouraged as I get back the email with a few lines of of just commenting on on the letter or or the communication. I read those very intently and I take a lot of courage from those. So don't just receive it as a bulk email. Uh, This is just a bulk thing sent out to the whosoever. I send it out from time to time. But when I receive it back... I receive it as personal. So, so I'd be encouraged if you get that. <laughs> Not like me. I get bulk stuff. I just think this means nothing. It's impersonal. But this is a, heart, a letter from the heart of your leaders and a heart of a friend saying, you know, communicate back. And um, so we want to use the internet just to help along this journey. Are you, are you with me this morning? So I've come back with just saying, God, thank you for our identity in Christ. We cannot improve on that. It's secure. But God, we're not all dressed up and no place to go. It's not a case of, well now, if Jesus performed for me everything I need to do to be the perfect good Christian, what's my part left? Well, I want to tell you, we've only started. Because as you begin to commune with Him and get His desires and dreams for your life, you will become the catalyst for the kingdom of God invading in your workplace, in your home, in your children's lives, in our local church. But this is a journey we have to take together. Can you say amen? 
Because if this is just a few elders taking this journey and hoping people come along, then we've missed the boat. But if we're all taking this journey, can you imagine a couple of hundred people here representing this local family all coming into touch with God's dream for their lives? Can you imagine what this church would look like? If you believe God for a big dream in your life, that, that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but let's put that behind us and say, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Well, we're going to worship now, so as the guys come up. You see, I couldn't just come back to church this morning as a visitor. I had to say something. Being a man of few words that I am. But let's stand up, because I believe in these few words, there's a seed that's being deposited. And as we come to worship this morning, let's put on our radars right now. Lord, begin opening up the ground where the seeds of desire, the seeds of vision, the seeds of the dream of God would begin to take root in my life. I might not have the whole answer by the end of this week or the end of this month, but I know this morning a seed is being planted. We challenged this year, Lord, to say, out of your presence, we want to dream your dream. We want to see your vision. We want to be impacted by the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Let's worship.